we should be live now. Um, I will tweet out a link here, but uh, this week, uh, the guest on episode five, while you're away, is a good friend of mine. Uh, come up through the uh, Twitter ranks together. Both uh, started out small and have uh, put a lot of work into growing our followings, uh, along with uh, now moving into newsletters. Um, I haven't been doing newsletters that, that long, so thought I'd bring Nathan on as, as he's got a lot more experience about, you know, how to start one, how to grow it, and, you know, then opportunities for monetization down the road. So uh, if you want to go ahead, Nathan, just kind of give us your background on what got you interested in newsletters, why did you start writing newsletters, and kind of what you've done, what you're doing, and and kind of where you're going. Yeah, man, great question. Uh, thanks for having me, Blake. This is fun. So essentially, I graduated from school in 2019 and then decided that it was uh, a good idea to go into consulting. And then from there, we quickly realized that I was kind of bored, wanted to do something new. And a lot of people were talking about newsletters, and I have a background in engineering, but I also love to write. So I jumped straight into kind of newsletter world without any top of funnel for the newsletter. And that got me quickly onto Twitter to grow the newsletter. Um, so from there, built one out to like 15,000 subscribers and it recently spun up a new one that is across 5,000. Um, to give you, I think Blake, you'll appreciate this because you timed yours way better than I timed mine. Um, <laughs> took five, six months to get the first one to 5,000 and it took three and a half, four weeks to get yeah, the right. second one to 5,000. So yeah, yeah, that's there's a the, lesson there. <laughs> yeah, that's the point um, uh, that that I talk to people often about is like one of the struggles with growing a newsletter is there's no like top of funnel discovery mechanism. Like it's kind of like the old problem um, people used to have with um, blogs is, you know, you publish a blog, uh, the internet's a big place, right? So you've got this blog just floating out in, in cyberspace. Um, how do you get people to it? Right. So, um, I think what you said is right. You have to develop, unlock, you know, some some sort of top of funnel discovery mechanism, uh, which for me, and, and I think you're utilizing this now as well, um, has been Twitter is, you know, build a following there first. And then uh, through, through a few different tactics, uh, like call to action within threads exactly. and whatnot, um, you know, you can then drive people to to your other content that is, you know, more of an owned audience outside of outside of the Twitter sphere per se. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's an interesting point. Like Twitter, because it's a, a written format, uh, makes a lot of sense that people there would also enjoy newsletters. But I've talked to more people recently who are growing them through YouTube or through Instagram. Um, I think you, the YouTube ones are super interesting because they can do like specific giveaways to people if you sign up to the newsletter, that kind of thing. Uh, and they're super, super effective uh, there. But they're, that kind of like giveaway doesn't seem as effective on Twitter. It's all about the, the threads. 
Yeah, Twitter is, uh, if you want to drive eyes, uh, I think threads are, threads are definitely the way to do it. Um, so what is, what is the, tell me about the newsletter you're working on currently. Like, what's it about? What are you trying to do with it? What's the goal? Good question. Uh, so the new newsletter, instead of like being branded like the old one is, is more of a personal one. Uh, and I, I think there is a lot of space for, I would say, more people who are doing similar things to what Patty McCormick's doing with Not Boring. I think it's pretty fascinating, the business that he's built with both the fund as well as kind of the twice weekly newsletter that's driven by the ad model. Um, so it's definitely going to be like an ad-based newsletter to drive revenue. We'll probably turn that on right around 10,000 um, subscribers. And then in terms of like how to actually like basically what niche I'm going after is like business breakdowns through a storytelling lens. So that can mean we talked about like how formula one's using drive to survive, which is just re-upped for fifth and sixth season. Super exciting because it's so effective. Like their numbers are, are just absolutely insane. Like they're up 40% right. in the last three years. Like that's nuts. Um, you can look at just a ton of other places that do this really well. Uh, Tesla is pretty famous for not doing much paid marketing. Um, instead, they do a lot of other stuff. And I would argue that is mostly storytelling. Both, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've got what, 90 million followers on Twitter, yeah, you can you don't have to do a lot of paid advertising. Right. But he didn't start with that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It, it no, is, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting to see. Um, so as far as uh, you mentioned like ad revenue and, you know, trying to drive. What do you know? Like, I'm, this is interesting to me just because um, my newsletter, I think I'd have to look, it's, it's around 11,000 subscribers. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of getting, is there a level at which, um, like a su subscriber base level at which, um, you know, y you think it's, like this is the point that you can reach out to advertisers. Um, how do you reach yeah, out I to think advertisers? I think you're at it. I think you should do it. Uh, like that 10,000 mark, at least uh, for, for me, I've found to be a very important one for newsletters because it, it just kind of lends an extra run of credibility and if like open rates and click through rates, all that good stuff are kind of up to par, then advertisers will be interesting once you we're interested once you get ten thousand. Uh one thing that I heard that I thought that was actually a great idea, and you can try it if you don't want to just like straight up do like ad, like partner reach out and whatnot, is just throw an ad in the newsletter for something that you already like. And then there's, there's nothing more like a, like marketers are always looking for where like good places to advertise. And I'm sure out of those 11,000 people you have, somebody in there is, you know, a marketer controls an advertising budget for something. And they're like, Oh, I would like to get my product in front of a bunch more people like me. Looks like Blake right. is opening up to advertisers. Maybe I'll reach out. I think it was uh, Sean, or no, it was Sam Parr who said that. And I was like, that's brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that of just, you know, 
put a link in there and let people know that you're open to the idea of advertising. Like, um, that's pretty interesting. I really, I had not thought of that. Um, cause I had, I had thought more of like, you know, of course I'm open to advertising. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so that, that's a, that's a pretty interesting perspective. I hadn't thought about that. Um, what do you know about like, if you were going to reach out to an advertiser, like are there platforms available to do that where you can like list your newsletter or um, is it just cold emailing people or what, you know, what was your approach? So there, so, okay. Break it into two things. One is platform based. So look at swap stack is a good one. Look at paved. That's another good one. Uh, So those two, you pretty much just like submit your newsletter, say this is the statistics behind it. So for you, be like, okay, while you were away, we've got 11,000 readers, 50% open rate, 15, 20% click through rate, whatever it is, throw all that up there. And then you kind of tell them a little bit about your target, like who your target audience is. So for you, I would, you know, hazard a guess that leans kind of more tech, like career focused people, which is probably a good thing because you get better CPMs and then you can yeah. say, you know, what advertising slots you have available. So like, okay, primary advertisement, right, uh, right up near the top. Everybody who opens it's going to see it, that kind of thing. And that's your, um, like your, your bread and butter. That's where you, that's where the you know, revenue comes from. Right. And then right. if people are interested, they can reach out. And on Swapsack, it's nice because like the brands will actually have, a profile as well so you can reach out to the brands just through the platform i do think they take like a 10 percent cut but a 10 percent cut of something is much more than zero percent cut of nothing so yeah that's what i was getting ready to ask is is there a uh, the couple the couple platforms you mentioned is there a cost? Like, is there an upfront cost to joining those? Are those free to join, and then they take a cut? Um, you exactly. know, have the ad dollars on the back end. So option, yep. option two. Option two. Yep. Okay, interesting. And then the because um, yeah, I know for a lot of people that you, you I, mentioned. It. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Blake. You got it. Oh, I was just thinking. You know, I know for a lot of people, they're probably sitting around thinking like, okay. Uh, I don't know anybody at, you know, this big brand or this company or uh, whatnot. Like, how do I even go about reaching out to somebody? Um, So that that's a pretty interesting way to doing it. That these these platforms exist. That I'm assuming you can just go, you know, sign up, list your newsletter on there, a little blurb about it, and then you know, see people that that would be willing to advertise within it. So exactly. And then the, the two other routes, one is like cold outreach, uh, which is tough for the exact reasons you mentioned, but you can very much like go into basically just subscribe to a bunch of other newsletters, see who's advertising and then go to like LinkedIn or something and find like, you know, growth partner at eight sleep or, you know, paid marketing at FTX and reach out to that person there and say, Hey, got a newsletter, 11,000. So you guys and XYZ newsletter, let me know if you're interested, think it'd be a good fit. 
and see what happens. Or the third option, which uh, I think is pretty solid too, especially if you just kind of want to put things on autopilot, is to find an agency that does newsletter sales and then let them just do all the outreach for you. And they'll take like a 20, 30% cut, um, but you definitely don't have to do as much, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the old, um, you know, trade trade your trade time for value type thing, right? That, um, yep. hey, if you're willing to give up a little more of the cash, uh, you can get back some of your time and somebody else will sell ads for you, um, <laughs> which honestly is probably the route I will go um, is, you know, if I can get on board with, you know, some type of ad agency that would sell ads for me and I just plug them in. Yep. Um, I, what I'm looking for is, you know, low, low time investment, um, you know, with a decent amount of return. Um, exactly. Which and obviously, and for the, obviously that sounds nice. Easier <laughs> said than done. Um, and for, for the agency, it's like, okay, you know, there's a good amount of social proof here. Like, the newsletter is obviously working. It's a really nice foundation and Blake has a great platform to continue to grow it from so that, you know, whatever their cut is, like even though the percent will stay the same with like the actual dollar amount will go up over time. Like as you keep growing the list and all that good stuff. Okay. Here's a question for you. Um, as someone who has done this uh, recently, if, if I'm on Twitter, I, I keep hearing y'all. I guess I got two questions. So I'm on Twitter. I've built a decent following, and I see everybody talking about newsletters. Uh, mm-hmm. First question is, uh, are they dead? Is there Are they <laughs> too saturated already, and is it too late for, uh, you know, someone new to get in? I would say no. I think you do have to... I think the bar is higher than it was uh, in yep. terms of like, your content has to be either extremely good, just like fantastic content or in a differentiated niche that is less saturated than maybe like tech and business news. Um, but if you're going to like write tech and business news, then it better be, you know, really, really good. You yeah, have a very high bar. Um, what I will say is if you decide to send multiple times per week, there needs to be like justification for that. Um, Cause otherwise you know, people are going to get bored of it or whatever. Like it's, it's a much higher ask of the list of the reader, the more you send. So I would, I would start with once a week or even once every other week um, for cadence. Yeah, and you know, from the from the creator side of that equation, um, I, I also I would agree with you uh, from from the writer side of it as well. That I mm-hmm. I think that um, saying I'm going to publish a newsletter daily um, or three times a week, like, sounds pretty cool in theory. Yeah. Um, it's a hell of a lot harder to do than um, what people think. Like exactly. just. A good example is uh, like Sean Peary with the Milk Road. Um, the the quality of content and the depth of that content that he puts out on a daily basis um, is no small task <laughs> to achieve. Yeah. Um, and, so, and he and he is, I think, in a unique situation where 
he didn't likely hire people to help with like basically sourcing the content, which is yeah, a lot of sourcing the, content, writing the content, stuff. and then exactly. yeah, and then he can come in on the back end and like you know just chop it down, edit it, yep. make it sound more like him, right? That you know, that's so. ten to twenty percent difference that you know makes the Sean Perry piece the Sean Perry piece. He can put that in at the end, exactly. Yep. Um, so if they're not dead, uh, they just got to be good, uh, <laughs> which, which is, which is a high bar. I understand. Um, if you were, if you were advising someone, um, you know, that just came to you and said, man, I know you've done this a couple times. Um, I'm thinking about doing it. Uh, where would you tell them to start? Like, what are the first yeah. three steps? I think one is just figuring out what you can consistently write about. And that's going to be something different for everybody. So you kind of look at, I think the zone of genius idea, it's a pretty popular idea on, on Twitter, but basically like where your competency meets your like interests. Um, so figure out, you know, what that actually is. A lot of people, it's surprising, don't know what it is. Uh, and then write a newsletter that is at least related to that. Uh, and then it becomes a much more sustainable thing, helps your writing be better, all, all that good stuff. Okay. What are you, what are your thoughts? I see primarily, I'll just, I'll compare your newsletter and mine uh, just for, um, you know, ease of, obviously we're both familiar with those. <laughs> um, so, What's your take on curation versus uh, writing your own original content? And then I, I have some thoughts of my own. Uh, uh, yeah, cur so curious to hear yours. Um, and and feel free to say uh, you think curation is too, like you're not going to hurt my feelings. So uh, be, be honest. I, I, think, I actually think that curation is probably the right move for the vast majority of people, uh, especially as they're growing their newsletter. Kind of it's a similar idea to what you hear on Twitter, right? It's like start with curation and then move into original content once you get that down. Uh, and I think that's the right approach for newsletters too. Uh, like for you, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, you know, you hit 15, 20,000 subscribers on the newsletter and then you're like, okay, like what if I, you know, add in one more weekly edition that's a bit more of a deep dive on something that, you know, you found really interesting throughout the week and you do that on like a Tuesday and then still have the weekend edition that you send out too. Um, I'm, I'm actually super curious if, if you've thought about <laughs> doing something like that or... I got. I don't know if I you got, can talk about it, but I'm I got lots of ideas about newsletters, Nathan. Lots of ideas. <laughs> um, they they fall in the category you just described. Um, so to give, I'll just give my two cents on my own question. Um, I think writing your own content is definitely harder, uh, more of a time investment, more of a a skill, more of a talent. Um, that said. If you do that and are able to grow a subscriber base around your specific unique content, 
I tend to think that's probably a more valuable subscriber base long term uh, than a cure than a curation. Um, not to say there's no value in in curation. Obviously, that's what I'm doing, so I, I think there's some value there. Uh, but but I do think that um, original content and people that are are fans of your own original work um, bring more value in in the long term. Um, as for me, curation. What am I going to do? Um, I've thought about exactly what you just described. I've thought about adding, you know, a midweek piece that um, is either a a deep dive of like my favorite thread that I saw, uh, you know, during the week and why it was my favorite, and and either why I agreed with it or or maybe a breakdown of a contrary opinion to it. Mm-hmm. Um, thought about that. I've also thought about just you know going in a for full transparency. I've I've thought about going in a completely different direction. And um, you know, having either a, a having either a separate newsletter, um, more related to the uh, tactical productivity software, you know, yeah. type of stuff that I write, um, or or embedding that somehow in, into the newsletter I already have, and just having a you know standalone. Tuesday, Wednesday edition of while you're away that says, Hey, this is some, these are some principles that I taught during the week right. and here they are in, in newsletter form. You could even, I want, like, I think Sahil does this really well where you have like the curiosity chronicle as like the overarching newsletter, but then he's branded like the Friday edition as like the Friday five. And then yep. and the other one is like the Curiosity Chronicle, but it's all like the same subscriber base. Uh, yes. So I think you could do something kind of like that if you want to dip deeper into like tech productivity uh, on one day and then have it the curated style on the weekend. Yep. No, totally. Um, I'm, I'm thinking in the same way. So uh, yours that, Yours that you have now, world builder. So um, it's it's primarily, I think, based around like you know storytelling and and the advantages of that and how to get better at it and you know, mm-hmm. what it can do for you. Um, like same same, I guess the same concept we were just uh, discussing in in relation to mine. Uh, I believe you're publishing once a week. Is that correct? Yep. For so third third one tomorrow. So are you? Uh, what are you thinking in terms of? Uh, are there any things you're that you you know? Obviously, if you're not ready to talk about it, that's that's completely cool. Um, but if are you thinking about any any of the things we just discussed in relation to mine, like adding adding any new additions during the week, publishing the like the same thing just more frequently or are you kind of thinking, man, I'm, I'm good at once a week for now. (laughs) I'm going to do once a week for, for now, probably until I turn on monetization and then it makes sense to try to, you know, figure out sending more. Um, Cause you know, you fill up, start to fill up the once a week spots and then it's okay. How do you, you know, increase that income stream and then, you know, sending twice a week, 
you fill those up, well, there you go. Then you doubled your revenue. Um, but the, there needs to be an actual, like, legitimate reason that your audience is interested in to do that. And I think for you, it makes a ton of sense because, like, a lot of your follower growth does go back to, you know, productivity, tech, that type of stuff. So I think it would be a very natural transition. Uh, like, people would expect that from you. It wouldn't be something, like, completely out of left field. Um, so for me, I'm kind of thinking of like the reverse of what you're saying, where you're going from curation to kind of new content. I would kind of go the other way around, where it's currently putting out, you know, my own stuff and whatnot. And then maybe, you know, once a week, it's like more of a curated list of something that, you know, I think will help people become better at, you know, kind of storytelling around their brand. Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes total sense. Um, I was just thinking. So I'm thinking more on the on the monetization aspect of it. That um, like you you should as, as subscriber, but as your subscriber base goes, I would just assume. Um, I'm just thinking of a tactic here that like when you build a newsletter. I think you should probably try and build it with a couple things in mind. Like why would people subscribe to this and mm -hmm. why is it interesting? And then, or like, what are you doing for them? How am I making their life easier? What am I teaching them? Like, what am I doing for people that would make them actually want to sign up for this? Yes. And then, and then in that same breath, if your goal is ultimately to monetize, um, then why would it, why would an other than, other than, you know, you grow a big subscriber base, right? That's obvious. But, um, just inherently, why would, why would advertisers want to advertise with you? And I think, um, you know, this just came to me. I think yours has like some inherent, uh, saleability built in, uh, from the aspect of, if the newsletter itself is teaching people to, uh, you know, tell better stories, um, you know, specifically around their brands or, you know, their product that they're trying to market, um, I would think, you know, that would be a pretty easy, you know, A to B walk from, hey, uh, you should advertise in this. Our whole thing is teaching people, you know, how to drive eyes two brands and two products. What better place <laughs> for a brand to be, right? Exactly. Exactly. So really what I'm saying is, Nathan, you're a genius. Great idea. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it, if it turns out. I think the, the holy grail of newsletter like advertising is like, the sponsored deep dives. Um, have you seen those? No. No, it, it's Ele elaborate. So what is this? So mo most newsletter advertisements is like, you know, you get the newsletter, there's a little intro at the top and then it's like, Oh, today's newsletter is brought to you by. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's brought to you by, yeah. or, you know, along with, or partnering Powered with so-and-so. Whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Whatever cute little phrase that you want to use, um, you can say there, but then there's like, and th those, uh, so for people listening, like a CPM is like a cost per thousand open. 
uh, in or thousand readers or opens. Typically, it's done on opens, but open rates are a little bit suspect right now, so it's going back and forth. But generally, it's like fifty dollars per one thousand opens. So, Blake, for you, let's say you have a fifty percent open rate, you get five thousand people to open. Um, like that's what two hundred fifty dollars. But let's say you're in tech, so you can scale that up to like a hundred dollars CPM. So let's call it like five hundred dollars per send. Um, yep. But if you do like a sponsored deep dive, which is Hey, this company has sponsored this entire newsletter, and it's going to be all about that company. It's going to be a deep dive on them. Mm. And it's going to be a little bit kind of cringe. It's really important how you like portray yeah. it to your audience, like yeah, why you're you doing frame it. That. You, exactly. you got to do a good job of framing that so they don't feel like they're just uh, got email the commercial, right? Exactly. And um, Hacky McCormick does this the best. And he basically, not I don't think it's only companies that he is invested in, but it often is companies he's invested in. And he only does it for companies that are like legitimately very interesting. So he says he turns down more companies who ask for it than he actually accepts. And then for those, like, he, is not even based on a CPM CPM at that point. You can kind of just price higher and higher until somebody says no. <laughs> There's right. no like real comparison. Um, right. So that, that, that becomes like a very attractive model if you can figure out how to do it really well. No, that's um, but that's super also interesting. Hard to do really well. Yeah. No, we actually this this course I'm teaching that you're aware of. We actually talked about that today was, you know, people were, people were asking about, you know, if you're trying to grow an account, uh, you know, should you focus on growing your personal account first or a brand account? I've done that question so many times. Yeah. So I always tell people, I said, man, focus on the people first. Uh, one, they're easier to grow Two, uh, you know, people just connect with other humans a lot more than they connect with a with a business yeah. generally. So then you can use the followings of those people to drive eyes uh, to yep. the associated brand. Um, you know, because they're already connected with you, they already like what you have to say. Um, you know, just a much much easier road to to drive from there to a brand than the other way around. Yep. Uh, but specific to this, like for writing in a newsletter, one of the things we talked about was like, well, you know, if I want to write a thread on Twitter that drives, that drives people ultimately to a brand, um, you know, how would you do that? And uh, the advice I gave today was like, well, you, that brand is trying to serve some sort of mission, right? They're trying to yep. solve a problem. They're trying to, make people's lives easier in, in some form or fashion. So I said, what, what I would do is you write a piece that is just about that problem, about that pain point, about how everyone deals with X and here's how you solve it. And then, then you can much more organically, like either in the call to action at the end of that thread or somewhere in the body of that thread, you can much more organically say, 
man, if you deal with this as well, uh, check out what so-and-so over here is doing at this company. They're working on solving this problem. And that, that sounds much more, you know, or much less like in your face, Hey, buy my product. That, that yes. sounds much more like, Hey, uh, here's a problem I know a lot of people deal with. I deal with it too. Here's some things that uh, have helped me address it. And, oh, by the way, uh, Joe's got a company over here that's working on this too, if you're really interested. Yep. Spot, spot on. Our friend um, Austin Schlesinger does this really, really well in the health and fitness space, and that's exactly yep. what he does. Yep, yep. No, I've seen him, like, do some things around, like, you know, sleeping better per se, which is a thing, man, I struggle with. And I know a lot of people do. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so he'll write a thread about, you know, how you should be, you know, sleeping better or or tactics, things you can do health-wise to achieve better sleep and then tie that into, hey, uh, so-and-so has an app that helps you track this. Right. Exactly. Yep. So anyway, well, cool. I think that is all, all the time I've got for today. I appreciate you coming on and uh, I'm sure I will, I will ask you to come on again. Cool. Thank you. Much. It was fun. All right. Appreciate it, Nathan. See you, man. See you.